And we start, of course, here in Gauteng, uh, Westbury under siege yet again. And it's a deadly game of drugs and gangsterism, as it seems to have always been. Residents are doubtful if the guns will ever fall silent in this township. And in a recent incident, a seven-year-old girl was lucky to survive stray bullets, not a bullet, but stray bullets. And uh, one of the bullets hit her in the abdomen. And our reporter, Maya Keketla Mutlabe, has been following these latest developments in Westbury closely and joins us now here in studio to tell us more. Maya Keketla, good to have you with us. It's been a minute, but thanks so much for coming through. And we're talking Westbury again. Gangsterism, not a new thing. Will it ever end? I think this is the question that every resident is asking there. You go um, to Westbury Sakina as a journalist. Once you step out of that vehicle, I just want to tell you my experience first before we go into this story. Just a a few minutes. Um, You step out of the vehicle to start filming and perhaps get people's voices in the story of gang violence. But what happens is that you feel like somebody's watching you. You look over your shoulder because you're scared as well. You, you're not even sure if these stray bullets are flying inches away from you. But again, you see kids playing in the streets. And they're, of course, innocent. They don't know anything. This seven-year-old girl, Sakina, was just a kid sitting in front of her house having had hair done uh, by neighbors. Suddenly, on the on that uh, December the 4th, uh, late afternoon, gunshots ringing next to her home. And then, according to the mother, that's when they realized that, well, this is a gang violence. People are shooting each other here. What's going on? But before I can go into detail here, of course, she's been hit by those three uh, straight bullets. One in the abdomen. It went through. It came out of her body. She's now at Charlotte Matlega Hospital. And her mother is there just a couple of hours later after she's been admitted. This is the mother now uh, using cell phone to sort of... Uh, to, to get her to communicate with her siblings who are worried about her status. I just want us to listen to her, Sakina. Uh, this is a determined young girl, by the way. She is actually fighting for her life. Let's just have a listen to what she's, she had to say on that hospital bed. <laughs> Thank you for crying for me. I'm gonna be fine and I'm coming home soon, soon. Grateful to be alive. Now, a week later, after a successful surgery, uh, Sakina, she's back at home to recover. She's still recovering at home. So we visited her home where we found her father as well as her mother waiting for us there. But they wanted us to give them an hour or so so that they could prepare themselves. It's a traumatizing experience. Mm. They are still traumatized, including the child as well. But the events of December the 4th are still haunting the mother, even today. Uh, 
Because as you mentioned in the intro, one of the three stray bullets uh, went through the seven-year-old stomach. Let's just listen to what the mother had to say here, because we decided not to to name them because we need to protect them. As journalists, of course, it's a normal practice. In a, in a story where it involves crime or murder, we need to protect children, including the parents. We decided not to mention their names. But let's have a listen to what the mother had to say here. As I walked out, walking out to the door and then I heard the gunshots. So they were shooting and her father ran out to go and pick her up. After the doctor came out and said the surgery was a success, I think then only kicked in and I started crying. This is an emotional mother, Sakina. Now, the seven-year-old daughter is just among three who survived that shooting on the 4th of December. Now, you've got Demain Bays, a 26-year-old resident who did not survive. He was shot multiple times and died in hospital hours later. During that same shootout? During that same shootout. He was only one, he was the only one who died there. So, as you mentioned, Sakina, Westbury is drowning in blood and grief. West Park Cemetery has become a regular meeting place. We went to this cemetery just this past Thursday, and we found the family of the main base there, just next to his grave, a fresh grave. Of course, he's been recently buried there. You see four family members, including his mother, crying. We thought it was a burial that just happened, but he was buried early this month. The wounds are still fresh in Westbury. Let's just listen to what she had to say because this is quite something. It's her only son. She's got nothing left now. So let's have a a listen to Veronica Bays as she's talked about her son. My son died because they wanted his friend, not even him. He was on the wrong place at the wrong time. It's, It's not fair. And I'm really broken, broken, broken. I've prayed so much and I ask God, why is it happening to our kids? So, three suspects were arrested in this case and uh, police are still searching for three others. But just meters away from the men's resting place, fresh graves. We saw fresh graves there and um, we pulled aside uh, the men's cousin, Bolden, um, Bolden Bays, who says that he has returned to this West Park Cemetery more often than expected. And this is the reason. He knows many people who were there, who were laying there. In these fresh graves. In these fresh graves. I'm not going to say a lot about him. I just want us to listen to what he had to say because these people are close to his heart. Many of them, I know them personally, I do. More than 50 people, can, I can say in the last five years, is laying here. Innocent people. There are some of those that were bad, but the majority of them were innocent people. The guy laying over here was a witness to another case. And um, he has been shot innocently just because he knew a lot of the information. He was going to testify in court. And um, they took him out of the game. 
You see, this is another thing. Fear is palpable on the streets of Westbury. Once you see these incidents happen, then you are, scar- you are scared of speaking out because you might be targeted. The man's cousin, he's pointing at a grave, a fresh grave there, saying that, you see the gentleman lying there. Uh, he was just recently shot because he was supposed to be a witness is in one of these cases involving gang violence. Now, at the start of the lockdown, Sakina, and I think this is very important, context is very important in this uh, story. At the start of the lockdown, there was a lull in gang warfare. Guns fell silent at the start of the lockdown. But it only lasted for about three months. Scores of Westbury families go through trauma as I'm speaking. Uh, The fear you can easily read it in their body language. When we were there on Thursday, trying to get them to speak to us, to tell us how they feel about what's going on here, they are scared of speaking. Police, of course, confident that uh, being, I mean, the, the culprits are being rounded up. Uh, criminologists, uh, little confits uh, from UNISA, feels that Really, there should be a system that deals with this matter, matters of gang violence. In other words, it suggests that in order for police to be successful in eradicating gang violence in this suburb, there needs to be some sort of a structure to profile gang leaders so that they can be easily linked to many of these events that are happening on the grounds. Because people that are being arrested, these are just foot soldiers, according to him. And once they are eliminated, uh, once these foot soldiers are eliminated, they will be easily replaced by others who are on the queue to join these gang uh, leaders or gang members. According to him, again, socioeconomic issues, poverty, Unemployment are some of the contributing factors to this particular gang violence. In other words, young people are vulnerable to joining these groups because they've got nothing to do. When we were there, we saw them playing dice. They, they've got nowhere to go. And of course, that desperation, in his view, draws them to these particular uh, uh, events. So, just to wrap it up, until then, until these issues are resolved in Westbury, uh, Sakina, living in Westbury is just hoping to see another day. Um, anyone can be a victim any day. Any day can be the last to you and me driving, walking past mm. Westbury. It's just down here. It's down in the jo- road, literally jo- exactly. down the road. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's actually a, a very small a yeah. little suburb, yeah. a very densely populated. Mm. Mm. But but I know exactly what you're talking about. I was I was in Westbury not too long ago, and you literally see people's eyes and how they pry yeah. because they immediately because it's such a small place they know who mm. is from there yeah. and who is not from there. Mm. So mm. you can see their eyes. You can literally feel their eyes on you, mm. and uh, it, it it really is scary. 
at times. It, 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 it really, it is, it really yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, Ketla, just a, a final word on, on the seven-year-old because, uh, you know, we spoke about the stray bullet that hit her in the stomach, but uh, she obviously uh, sustained more bullet wounds. How many of those stray bullets actually hit her? Three, three stray bullets hit her, and of course, one through her stomach. It came out on her thigh. The doctor, according to the mother, had to open her to just check that all organs are not affected. She is fighting. And I have to mention this because while we were doing the interview with her mother, she at some point uh, interjected um, to say, well, I saw them. They were, it, it was three of them. One of them hiding behind that wall there. But of course, I think she's talking out of trauma. We didn't want to actually engage her in the interview. She's still young. Mm. She's only seven. And I think we need to be very careful when doing these stories. Of course, we're not professionals to deal with uh, traumatized children, more especially when it comes to uh, surviving this kind of violence. So we then just continued to speak to the mother um, about this incident. And of course, they are hoping for justice. Um, also, the family of the deceased uh, gentleman, uh, the main base, are hoping that his death should really not be in vain. But Sakina, we have been mentioning this line in every incident in West time. This family says, this family says his death should not be in vain. But it looks like there is no ending to this. Mahiketla, thank you so much for coming through and uh, sharing that with us. And as you say, it's a refrain that we have been singing for the longest yeah. time about Westbury and after we've heard about you know the police being sent in uh, the army being sent yeah. in and it seems as though things they they, they actually uh, are lulled for a little while and then mm. you have that upsurge again and the same old cycle over and over again it's quite sad of course police saying that the anti-gang unit is there um, they are doing their best to round up the culprits but of course, even the community policing forum members are scared for their lives. And mm. uh, if you have watched the story that I did, one of them saying that he's even scared to walk in the night because he doesn't even know that it could be him next. Thanks so much for stopping by. SABC reporter here um, bringing us the latest from Westbury. And uh, as always, we welcome your views. I see a few of them coming through and we'll share them later on in the show.